Welcome to another episode of the Zach Castero Show. Thanks for being here and checking out yet another episode. I always appreciate you tuning in, whether it's on YouTube, via video, or maybe uh, on a podcast platform. I just want to start off by saying thank you. And if you're like me and you live in the state of Washington, you probably noticed that here recently our governor, and I believe other governors probably around the country, well, I know, but uh, here in my state, our governor made the executive decision, like he likes to do, to extend the eviction moratorium. And the title of this video, at least in the thumbnail or this audio, depending on how you're consuming it, started off by saying what the extension of the, uh, of the eviction moratorium proves. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because I think that, I hope that at some point, the masses will start to wake up to the reality of what's happening here. And I think that what, to answer, what does it prove? What I want to say is what it proves is how you can't put your faith and your trust in the government, in any government. And I think that in this example, in this instance, I, I obviously being, you know, that this is what I do for a living, right? We, we manage apartment complexes. We sell them, we buy them, we own them. We, we are immersed in them, right? We know this industry inside and outside. We know the goods and the bads and the challenges and the opportunities. And, and, and so we have dealt with the eviction moratorium for, I believe, 14 or 15 months now. And, and I think that this, is, this symbolizes what just happened, what continues to happen in my industry, in this industry. If you own rental property uh, or, heck, if you're even a renter, right? You have seen this. And, and here's the deal. When leadership fails, people suffer. And in instances like this, it's not just one set of people like they want us to believe, right? They say those greedy, dirty, I don't know, horrible people that are landlords, you know, we're going to stick it to them. Or these poor tenants and we want to help them. And, and are there instances on both sides of that aisle where that narrative is true? Sure. Just like any aisle, there's some landlords that aren't great people or good business operators, and there are tenants that are taking advantage of the system. But, but the reality is, is the vast majority of both of the folks in that equation are actually engaged in a reasonable agreement. They've worked together to come up with something they can both live with. And they're actually operating in reasonable harmony together. And then there are those outliers, if you will, that, that don't operate that way and, and that all of this conversation always hovers around. But the sad reality is because of idiotic policies, frankly, like this one, like the extension of yet another extension, I should say, of this eviction moratorium, is ultimately what causes the most harm. It's not those greedy landlords or those terrible tenants it's the governmental system coming in saying, we can solve all your problems. We can fix everything for you and then failing to do so. And so here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to share my screen real quick. This is a, an article from our local newspaper that, that just came out this morning. And I just want to highlight one section. Uh, this is a quote here. And it says, in short, an eviction for non-payment of past due rent is not permitted until such time as the resources and programs established by the legislature are in place and operational. The governor's office wrote that in an email announcing the policy details. So 
when you go on and you read the proclamation or you read what our, our governor said, basically what he said is, hey, we have to put a bridge in place because there's all this funding that had come out, that has come out, that's been issued to the state of Washington and then passed along to counties and cities and then contracted out with, I think, mostly nonprofits to administer those funds. All this money's been sort of earmarked and provided in order to get it into the hands of tenants who are late on their rent so that they in turn can get it in the hands of the landlords all to stave off a mass, as they call it, a mass eviction wave. And yet almost none of the funds have been distributed, right? In my local county, we got some $20 million of funds and less than $5 million, actually less than four and a half million dollars have been distributed. Now we've had this money for some time but, but if you read the governor's proclamation, it's not actually just about getting the money into the hands of, of tenants and landlords and, and the delay therein, but it's also about, well, there's this mediation that's been created. So, so part of the process in the state of Washington is if you have late paying tenants and you need to get them out because they're just not paying you, once the eviction moratorium is lifted, well, the process is different. It used to be that you would serve a notice, you would go through the court proceedings and they would be gone. Well, now you have to offer them a reasonable payment plan, which by the way, we've been doing for 15 months. And then you have to basically submit to some form of mediation or arbitration where you try and come up and have a third party mediator mediate something to essentially avoid an eviction proceeding. The courts are backed up. They're gonna be backed up for who the heck knows how long, probably years. Uh, and so I think the, the, the government is trying to do two things. The first thing is they're trying to avoid hammering their courts even more because the courts already can't handle what they've got in backlog. And two, they're trying to do what they think is a nice thing and say, hey, we'll bring in some third party that's sort of outside of the court system, the, the normal court system, and see if we can help these folks come to an agreement. The reason I share all that is because guys, the government comes out and they say, hey, if you're a tenant and you're past due on your rent, we are gonna solve this problem. We are gonna keep you housed. We are gonna make sure that you have everything you need to not get evicted. And then to the landlord, they say, hey, and we're gonna, get, we're gonna make sure that that money gets in your pocket so that you can continue to pay those property taxes that we keep raising and pay those utility bills that keep going up uh, and pay those payroll costs because we want people to make more money and they keep going up. And, and so it's this big, sweet picture. You know, that's what the government does constantly now. It's, it's all about, hey, we can fix all your problems. You got a problem, we'll fix it. Well, folks, here's the deal. 15 months, that's how long this has been going on. 15 months they've had to prepare. And guess what? All those mediation things, all those systems are already in place. People have already been using those. They haven't been mandated, but they've been out there and available. And the government has had 15 months to get a process in place knowing that at some point the eviction moratorium would end. And at that point with the proclamations and the edicts and the legislation that they've passed, that, that landlords and tenants would have to go through said process. And guess what? They failed. There, there's, no, there's no scalability. Obviously, that's why they had to extend the moratorium because they can't actually handle the amount of, of people that are going to have to go through that process. And so they say, well, guess what? We're not ready. We don't actually have a process that we think will handle all that volume. And so we're gonna kick this can down the road and we're gonna keep trying to develop the system. And probably what will happen is in September, they'll have to kick the can down the road again because frankly, the government sucks at creating systems for the, for the private sector to use. 
It is not a core competency for them to create out of thin air or almost thin air, an entire system for this whole process. We already had a system and the system already worked. And the reality is, is if they would have spent all their time and effort, find competent organizations with scalability to administer the funds that they were awarded and given by mostly the federal government to get in the hands of tenants and landlords, we wouldn't have the evictions in the first place and then we wouldn't need the mediation at all. And so see, this is what government is so poor at. In the private sector, we have to understand, I run a business, what are my core competencies? Do I wanna try and do everything and be the jack of all trades and the master of none? Or do I wanna do one or two things and do them better than everybody else, right? And guess what? Because it's a fr free market, well, well, that's debatable anymore, but in theory, the free market, the free enterprise system would say, well, if you try and do everything and you're not that good at anything, somebody else will try and do one thing and they'll put you out of business. Well, in the government, there's no one to put them out of business. Guess who can put them out of business? Only us, only the voters, only the people who hopefully at some point will open their eyes and say, geez, the government promised us all these things and so far they failed at all of them. Guess what? They promised social security. The social security system, just so you know, if you look at unfunded liabilities of social security and Medicare and Medicaid is bankrupt. It's bankrupt, right? And, and that's a whole nother conversation that I'll do another day. But the reality is they can't even raise interest rates because they, they can't service the debt that we already have if they raise interest rates and they know full well that for this Ponzi scheme to keep going, they have to keep printing more money and creating more debt. And so there's no way to raise interest rates. So coming back to where we're at here, they promise all this stuff to us. And then the reality is they can't even get the money that was earmarked to keep this whole disaster from happening in the first place out to the hands of the people. And here's what I'm gonna say. There was a bill in the Washington state legislature that was passed. And my understanding is at one point, that bill said that, hey, I believe it was the Republican party came in and said, we want to allow the landlords to apply for the rental assistance funds directly on behalf of their tenants so that their tenants do not have to be involved. And then we will award the money directly to the landlords. And they, they struck that down. And I'm like, I mean, folks, this is just an example of how dumb the system is. Like, think about this. Let's say that, uh, let's say that there's 10,000, just hypothetically, 10,000 people. Actually, I think this article says it. It says 200,000 renters are behind the U in the U.S. according to, that's countrywide, 200,000 tenants behind. Okay, so let's just say hypothetically for, for, for my state, there's 10,000 people behind in rent. And let's say now we have a program where all 10,000 have to come and apply for rental assistance. That's a pain in the butt. To administer money to 10,000 people out of a system that didn't exist, even though they had 15 months to create it, is a very difficult process. But out of those 10,000, let's say that they only have 3,000 landlords. And let's say those landlords could have come and asked for that money directly on behalf of their tenants without their tenants' involvement, so the system that already sucks could have sucked less by allowing 3,000 people to ask for the money instead of 10,000 people. And not only 10,000 people, but the 10,000 people still had to coordinate with the 3,000 people and come together and go ask for the money. So you had to have like 13,000 people in this example working together to try and get money 
that would have been a lot easier to just allow 3,000 people to ask for on behalf of the 10,000 people, and we would have streamlined the whole process. But see, that's what the private sector, that's what people who believe in free markets, that's what we advocate for. And, and so I go back to a statement I made prior in the beginning. When leadership fails, and to me, the government, a representative government is just leadership. It's people who have been elected to lead on our behalf, representing us. When they fail at their job, when they fail at what we've hired them to do, people suffer. Because in this case, think about it. Think if you're a tenant and you're $8,000 behind on rent and the eviction moratorium was going to expire on June 30th, and you've been told by your government who can solve all the problems that you're going to get this money, it's going to be deposited in, in your landlord's account, and you're not going to have to be evicted, and yet here we are. The governor did the extension like less than a week before this thing was going to expire. Imagine the stress and the pain and the anguish and the anxiety that comes along with your government failing you because they can't put a simple process together to get the money that they promised that had already been in their, in their account into your account so that then it would be into your landlords. Like think about the stress of that situation, not knowing if you're gonna get evicted the next week because the government that promised you something can't deliver. And then on the landlord side, think if you own a rental house or two or three, you know, what's supposed to be part of what makes America, America, right? The ability to own property and invest and generate returns on capital. And, and for 15 months, maybe you haven't gotten a rental payment and you've used all your savings or most of your savings to pay the, the mortgage, to pay, and maybe, you, hey, maybe you even got your mortgage, uh, maybe you didn't have to pay your mortgage for a while. Now in apartments, we can't do that, but single family homes, some people didn't have to pay their mortgage, but they still had to pay property taxes. They still had to repair and maintain their facilities, their buildings, their, their rental houses. They still had to pay the utility bills depending on the structure of their lease. But the point is, you know, that's a scary situation too. You might've worked your whole life to, to buy and to own three rental houses to generate some extra income in retirement. So you weren't totally reliant on the social security system that is just like every other go governmental system. And yet here you are looking down the barrel of possibly losing those houses because of something that you didn't do, no fault of your own. So now you're in a lurch and your tenants are in a lurch and the government's promising them to solve the problem and promising you to solve the problem and they can't solve either. And then the governor comes out and he kicks the can down the road and says, hey, per this article, you can't evict anybody until such a time, well, what the heck does that mean? As the resources and programs established by the legislature are in place and operational. Folks, why would it take more than 15 months to get those in place and operational. Well, it doesn't. And here's the reality. They're already in place. They're just not operational. Well, actually they are operational, but they're not very efficiently operational. And you know who pays the price of that? Not the government, not the people that we elected, us. When are we gonna wake up and realize, you know, the government, their core competency is certainly not administering rental funds. Sorry, it's not. It's certainly not creating systems of mediation for the private sector to utilize, to mediate disputes. It's not a core competency. And that's the problem here. The problem is, is our government, both locally and nationally, continues to say, hey, we wanna do more stuff. We wanna take on more responsibility. We wanna expand. 
the services that we offer. And they already stink at the services they already offer primarily. Like, why don't they just keep focusing on keeping the main thing the main thing, which means do a few things very well, not a million things terribly. And, and we continue to see them do more and more and take on more and more when they already can't handle what they're already trying to do. When leadership fails, people suffer. And in this instance, tenants are suffering and landlords are suffering and the government isn't solving the problem. And I have a, a sneaking suspicion that come the end of September, we're gonna go down this road again. And, and, and I think that what we are seeing, and man, I try, and, you, and you've heard me say it on this show before, but I try so hard not to buy into conspiracy theories. But when you look at the assault on private property rights, in the Western states, in Oregon, in Washington, in California, some, to some degree in Nevada. It's hard not to buy into it because the reality is, is what we are seeing is we are seeing an assault on property rights. And property rights is, is one of the rights that made America what it was. It's one of the things that was unique about America, this idea that anybody could have the right to property, not just physical property, intellectual property, intangible property, property, like stuff you could hold and own or stuff that was in your mind or came out of your mouth. It's one of the things that made America unique. And today, folks, the assault on private property specifically and intellectual property as it relates to free speech, but, but the private property assault is mind boggling. It's mind boggling. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but with the whole climate change situation and in the, in the legislation that has come out about what you're going to have to do to your house if you want to do a remodel or if you want to sell it or what you're going to have to do to your commercial building to make sure that you're not emitting excess carbon compared to the average of all your neighbors. What is already legislated that people do not realize, the vast majority of normal, logical people don't realize is a, an assault on your ability to own private property, to, to keep private property. You and I, people think that we own all this property. We don't own anything because you could pay your mortgage off and you're going to pay those property taxes in perpetuity. And if you want to do anything on your property, you have to go get your government's permission. You don't own it. I don't own it. They own it. And they are imposing their will more than we have ever seen, especially in these areas. And they're using climate change as an excuse, and they're using uh, the, the, the whole pandemic situation that we've just gone through as an excuse. And it's just like when 9-11 happened. They used that situation to create the largest breach of our rights as private citizens through the Patriot Act that we had at the time ever seen. And it hasn't gone away. And as a, as a matter of fact, it continues to expand. And here they're doing the same thing. They say never let a crisis go to waste. Well, this one, these two, alleged climate change, which we can talk about later, and in, in terms of how you fix it and, and the breadth of it, I'm not saying the climate isn't changing, just saying that people have differing opinions on how you handle it. But between that and now the pandemic, those two things are being used and weaponized to strip you and me and our kids and our grandkids of private property rights in a way that we have never seen in the history of America. And so I share all that to say that we need to stop 
looking to the government to solve these problems because they can't do it. The, the people who solve these problems are people who are smart. I'm not saying none of them are smart. Many of them are very smart. But smart and incentivized through a system to create solutions to our biggest problems. That happens primarily through free markets. I'm not even going to use capitalism as a word anymore. That word was coined by, I believe, Karl Marx. You can look it up, fact check me, but I'm pretty sure. And he, he did it to bastardize the idea, concept of free enterprise. What we want, what helps people to thrive is free enterprise, free from the government tyranny and overregulation. Should there be rules and boundaries? Yeah, I can live with that. I'm not a hardcore libertarian in that sense. But you and I should be able to transact privately, freely, without onerous regulation. And when we can do that, we can create solutions to some of the largest problems. One of the problems here is the affordability. And they want to blame it on people like me and my clients and my partners and and the people who do what I do and work in the industry that I'm in, and the reality is, is 28%-ish of the cost of your housing comes because of regulation and taxes. And so the reality is, is when the government is smaller, we have a greater ability to thrive and create solutions to challenging problems. Guess what? If you gave me in my business or me and some of my competitors in my industry, that $20 million to distribute to those, let's say 2,000 people or however many it is in our community that are pat, back, uh, excuse me, behind in rent, that money would probably already be in their hands because we have to compete with each other, right? We, we have to come up with systems that serve the people that they're meant to serve. And if we don't, right, that money could go to the next person who did it better until you find the people who are efficient and productive at it. And you weed out the people who aren't. That's how free enterprise works. Well, when the government has a monopoly, you know, we talk about how bad monopolies are in the private sector, and yet we're willing to just continue to allow our government's monopoly to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and expect nothing bad to happen. Guess what? If they're not coming for you yet, they will, right? If you're a renter and you think, yes, let's do the climate change initiatives and let's stick it to the landlords and let's do all this. Well, that will affect you. It will, I promise. And it won't affect you in a good way. It won't make your housing cheaper. It won't make it safer. It won't make it nicer. It will make it worse. What we need is the government to get out of the way. So if you're watching this and you're in a state and you're a landlord or you're a tenant that thinks this is crazy, I would encourage you to reach out to your elected officials, to reach out, to call them, to email them, to send public comment through the website links that they have, uh, to contact the governor's office. And to just say, hey, enough is enough. These systems are already in place. They're already operational. Let's, let's stop kicking the can down the road. And you know what? Yeah, they might be overwhelmed and overrun a little bit. But you know what? They'll have to figure it out. They'll, that's part of, it's like, if you never make your muscles burn when you work out, do you think they get any bigger? No. You want to be in better shape? Well, you have to go through some pain. You want to come up with a system that works? You have to use it. <laughs> you have to test it. You have to put it to the test. And, and just kicking the can down the road in perpetuity won't do that. So that's what I've got for you today. This is a little bit of a shorter video, 23 minutes instead of 40 or 50 or 60. So uh, I will try and make these more precise. I know that at times there's a little rambling, but when you're just kind of 
doing this without a real uh, agenda or whatnot that can tend to happen. So if you're still here, I appreciate you watching this. Hopefully there was something valuable. And if there was, if you found value in this, I would just ask that you share it. Uh, I know sometimes that's challenging to do because there are some external ramifications to that. People will see where you stand. They might think different of you. They might say things to you. But here's the deal. I think that just like me shooting these videos, that's if we, if we want to change anything, that's what it's going to take. And maybe, like I said last time, maybe you're not the one that wants to shoot the videos or make the audio, and that's fine. But what we need is we need reasonable, logical people. I think, the, I think like 70% of us in America agree on a lot of things. But we're letting the 15% of Americans on either polar end dictate how we live our lives. We need the 70% of us who actually could negotiate a reasonable deal together to start speaking up, to start standing up, and to do it peacefully and respectfully, but to do it in large numbers. Because if we do that, and when we do that, we will start to change the tide. At least that's what I believe. I think right now there's a lot of, and, and I, I find myself having to really struggle with this, there's a lot of negativity out there. It's lost, can't come back, it's broken. Uh, but as I've said many times, I think in the end, good ideas win. Sometimes you have to hit true rock bottom and a lot of bad things have to happen in order for good ideas to win. But you know who can stop that from happening? People like us who are willing to stand up, willing to say something. And so I would say, if that's you, if you're on that team, share it, bring it up at dinner, whatever it might be, because that's what we need. I'm gonna keep shooting these videos. I'm trying to make them more frequent and I'll get there. Uh, but I, I do appreciate your support. I appreciate you listening to this. If you liked it, if you found something valuable and useful, please leave a comment, uh, please share it. If you're somewhere where you can rate it, please give it a good rating. And, and hopefully that will mean to the algorithms that are in control of our world that uh, they should share it and they should make it more visible. So anyway, hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks for checking out another episode and I'll see you soon.